Hi, and welcome to Daily Dose, Danny. This is episode 21. Are you a beer drinker? I will have the occasional beer, but I must admit I'm, I'm more prefer. Regardless, beer is currently expanding in diversity, brands, flavors, and more. Today, sharing her love for beer is Lee Powery, a leading Hong Kong entrepreneur known for fine-tuning a profitable business into a force for good. Her latest business venture, Double Haven Brewing, combines her love for nature, animals, beer, and assisting community programs and captures the resilient spirit of Hong Kong. So hi, Lee, and thanks so much for joining me on the show today. Please tell us more about yourself and your story. Well, hi, Danny. Thank you so much for having me. It's just a pleasure to be here. Um, yeah, a bit about myself. I'm one of the owners and the CEO of Double Haven. We produce um, a line of spiked seltzers called Dragon Water. And for anyone who's not familiar with the spiked seltzer, we brew it similar to beer. It's kind of like a vodka soda, but um, it's a brewed beverage. We also uh, produce a whole line of beers, and they're all made here in Hong Kong. I've personally called Hong Kong my home uh, a number of times, you know, dating back all the way to the mid-80s when I was in first and second grade here. And I've been in Asia most of my life. I was born in Taiwan and bounced around uh, most of my life in South Asia. And as a professional background is mostly in manufacturing. And uh, my, Hong Kong, my, hu- <laughs> my husband and I have been working in the Hong Kong beer scene for about the last four years. That's so amazing. So what made you get into beer in the first place? Was it a lack of beer options here in Asia? What exactly started that journey for you? Sure. Um, it was a twofold journey for us. Um, our ins- inspiration around beer started back when my husband and I were home brewers, and that was, you know, six years ago. And we've always been beer enthusiasts. And you know, if you re- rewind the clock not that long ago, Hong Kong's beer scene was quite small and there wasn't a lot happening. You know, 10 years ago, there's maybe one craft brewery. A few years ago, there's less than 10. And so there wasn't a lot of option here. Um, and we thought we could sort of marry our experience in manufacturing and our love with beer. And we first opened a, um, a brewery, a contract brewing facility. We didn't have our own brands. We were just making beer. But that kind of all changed this uh, in 2020 when COVID hit. You know, volumes were down. The world landscape was changing and we always had this vision, this love. We wanted to do our own thing, but it was never the right time. So last year we were like, it's now or never. You know, the, the world is upside down on its head. Let's just do this crazy brand idea that we had. And so we launched in April of 2020, you know, smack at the beginning of the pandemic and just went, let's try it. <laughs> That's crazy. That's amazing. I'm always amazed at how people start businesses during like the craziest time of COVID. Um, so that gets me to my another point is how already it's a difficult market for you mm-hmm. to get started in. Can you take us through some of the highs and lows of, of when you first started this this journey um, of, of the business that you started, especially during COVID? Oh, that's such a great question. And, you know, it's super easy to focus on all the highs of having a new brand and it's exciting and you're out and, you know, the reception is nice and it's all warm fuzzies, but you know, there's certainly the, the background to that. There are a lot of lows. We, you know, are we doing the right thing? Are we investing money into like at this crazy time and investing not just money, but time and effort um, when the world seems completely crazy. And I was worried, will I be able to pay salaries? Like that kept me up at night. Um, you know, is the market already saturated and bars are closing and you know, who needs another beer brand when everything's shutting down? 
Um, so there's a lot of doubt. And I would say that was the, those were the biggest lows. It was, it was just the self-doubt. Are we doing the right thing at the right time? Um, but then, yeah, we'd go out and we'd, you know, or we'd get a, some feedback online. Oh, like we, we love the spike seltzers and that sort of, we're like, okay, no, this is, this is going to work. We're going to just keep at it. Um, so we're, we're really grateful for those early, early fans who, who inspired us to keep going. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the best type of motivation is when your customers are sort of giving you good, good feedback. Mm-hmm. Then you're like, okay, cool. Maybe I am on the right track. Sure. That's awesome. And tell us about what else did you learn when you first started that you think was something new to you starting this particular business in Hong Kong? Like what was part of your key learnings when you started um, and any advice for anyone wanting to start their own beverage here in Asia? Um, I think one of the things that was surprising to me, you know, we've, we'd been manufacturing beer for a long time and we had this really clear vision of what we wanted in our brains uh, about what this brand would look like and what it would feel like. And when we actually went to birth this brand and get a designer, it was actually really hard. You know, like I had this really tight picture in my brain and then I, I tried to articulate it and I didn't have the right words because um, it was actually so far out of my area of expertise. And so we, we teamed up with some people who were really good at, you know, crawling into our brains and, and teasing out what is it really that you're asking us for? Like, what is this design? What is this concept? Um, and putting that into words that a designer or, you know, a marketing person could could digest. That's so funny. I feel like we all have our different skills and expertise. For me, marketing would be the easiest <laughs> aspect, but manufacturing would probably be the most complicated <laughs> aspect. <laughs> yeah, it's such a foreign, it's, it's a totally different skill set. And um, it's been a really challenging but fun learning experience um, working on those things. Yeah, for sure. I think that's the that's why I love doing the podcast and speaking yeah. to to other women here in Asia because I think we all have so much to learn from each other, um, and we're all in a similar boat trying to start a business during a tough time, um, figuring out how to get financing and additional support. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so that's great. I, um, so yeah, oh, sorry. I was gonna say one funny story is when we were designing the dragon water label. You know, we said, yeah, we'll just put a you know, it's a dragon on the front, obviously. And we went through 10 different dragons and I, I, no, not that dragon. No, not that dragon. No, I don't want the head. Oh, uh, no. Uh, and, you know, it was like something that seemed so simple. Uh, 10 iterations of, of the poor dragon um, before we came up with where we ended up. That's so funny. I, I can only imagine. I feel like, like you say, like for me, um, that's always a big thing that comes up in my job is I speak to people and their ideas are amazing. But then as soon as I go look at their digital communication or their websites or all of this, and I'm like, everything you just told me, it's completely missing to the world out there. Yeah. I was like, are you sure? Like we need to kind of, you know, build a mind map of what's in people's head and, and teach them how to actually feasibly put it on a digital or external realm so that they can actually create a good sales funnel and product communication and all of that. So absolutely. So I'm glad you finally have the best dragon that you could have wanted. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So you also, um, obviously, as we know, craft beer industry is very much male dominant. Mm -hmm. Can you talk us through how it's been being a female in this particular industry? Um, And do you think that a lot more females are approaching this industry or it's still very male dominant today? Absolutely. Um, You know, from a background in manufacturing, I used to work at an engineering company. I've kind of been used to being one of few females in, in a field. I would say the beer industry in general, not just here, but sort of globally does feel quite 
male dominated, but that is changing. And, you know, it's changing first, I think, on in the sales teams. And obviously the, the, the front facing, there's a lot of great female, um, you know, beer advocates out there. I think it's a little bit slower on the floor itself. You know, the, the, I would say most of the brewers in Hong Kong or the people working in breweries are still male, but that is changing. And when you do get a female, you know, we had uh, our amazing Jamie at the brewery. Um, they are, you know, not just accepted, but celebrated. And the community here really is, you know, wants more of these wonderful females um, in these roles. So I'm hoping that that's a trend that just is going to catch on um, more and more. Yeah. Do you, so are you particularly trying to hire only females mostly, or you have a pretty diverse team? We have a pretty, pretty diverse team, although we are female. Uh, we are, we have more females on our, in our team. Uh, not that that was a conscious choice, um, mm. but just we, the, the right people at the right time. Um, and we're, we're, we're females. Yeah, I think that's great. I mean, I, I personally don't drink a lot of beer, but um, I think that when I used to live in Korea, I know I once went to uh, a particular beer bar and they had so many fruity, lighter options. And I was like, oh, there's more diversity on the market. Absolutely. I'm pretty sure I'll get more into beer drinking. So do you classify your drinks as being a bit like softer, sweeter? How could you describe the taste um, and sort of the target for your beers? Absolutely. I mean, obviously, we've got the spike seltzer which are um, they're they're for both men and, and women obviously but they are much lighter they're lower in calories they're gluten-free they're a four and a half percent ABV which I don't call light but it's sessionable these are really great junk boat beach day drinking light easy beers or seltzers and then on our beer side we have three core beers and I say they they're like scaling a mountain you start with our lager which is very light. It's a beer flavored beer, no fuss, no bells and whistles. It's just what a beer should be at its most basic level. And then you go one step up, which is our Weekender Pale Ale. And that's a little bit higher in ABV, not much, 4.7, but it's gonna have a little bit more hops. And then you'll go one step up to our IPA, which we call the Adventurer IPA. And this is you know, um, a progression in our line. So I always recommend that if you're maybe not so sure how much hops and bitterness you like you start with the lager which I think is a really great introductory beer it's also just a great everyday light drinking beer um it's my personal favorite uh I just think it's it's just easy okay I'll definitely need to give that one a try and then Tommy so besides selling it online mm -hmm. can we buy it offline in Hong Kong anyway Absolutely. Um, we're in a number of bottle shops, uh, Hong Kong Liquor, Wine Rack, um, Hong Kong Brewcraft, um, a lot of specialty bottle shops as well. We just did a launch event at the Globe and they had all three of our beers on tap um, at Blue Supreme where the lager is a, a mainstay. Um, if you go to our website and like our about page, you can find a list of our, um, our outlets that for both retail and for bars. Oh, amazing. Well, I'll definitely ask for it next time if I'm at any of those spaces. <laughs> awesome. So also, obviously, how did you consider the lifestyle here in Hong Kong and the branding and the lifestyle that you're trying to create around your core business beliefs and storytelling? Excellent. Um, yeah, thank you. That's a great question. We Before we launched, we had spent a lot of time actually thinking about our company and what our values were. And we wanted our brand to 
not just be a fly, you know, just something we threw together, but actually a reflection of the things that were important to us. And, um, you know, for my husband and I, and, you know, most of the team, one of the things that we really love about Hong Kong is this green space, you know, country parks, beaches, jagged coastline. And that Hong Kong is so much more than the, you know, neon lights and the bustling streets. But there is this whole other side of Hong Kong that I think should be celebrated. And we wanted our product to celebrate that side of Hong Kong. I think there's lots of brands that are doing the other side really well. Um, but this is a side that, that really speaks to us and it feels like us. So our beer labels, they feature Hong Kong landscapes. Um, and then we sponsor a lot of outdoor, you know, paddling, running, biking uh, clubs. Because what we want to do is we really want to create this appreciation for this amazing outdoor space and environment. Because I feel like once you create appreciation for something, that's when you want to start protecting it and caring for it. Um, and caring for the environment is something that is, is, is crucial, I think, to not just our future as a company, but obviously our future as a planet. Yeah, so are you currently then working um, with various companies to help any sustainability projects through your brand and business? Yes, we um, just very recently, we became part of the uh, prestigious 1% for the Planet. It's an organization that was started by um, the founder of Patagonia, where we're pledging 1% of all of our revenues to environmental nonprofits. Uh, here in Hong Kong, that means that we're, we've, we've chosen to work with both Animals Asia and Plastic Free Seas. Um, besides that, we uh, also our merchandise line, we're instead of just doing, you know, throwaway cotton shirts, we're making sure all of our stuff is made out of either organic cotton or recycled PET. Um, and that even down to our packaging, you know, we have the ability to do bottles, but here in Hong Kong, bottles don't get recycled the same way that cans and aluminum do. So we're really trying to make sure that the choices that we're making reflect this triple bottom line ethos that we're, we're working towards, which is we're not just profits, but profits, people and the planet. And all three of these things need to factor into our decision making and um, and how we're doing as a business. Definitely. I think it's so important to be transparent with how you're trying to cut on and support sustainability through your actual conscious choices and by giving back. Thanks. Um, and, and do you think that it's easy to work with different sustainable options here in Hong Kong that's widely available to find the right sustainable packaging companies and all of this? Was that easy for you to find or do you think that's not as prevalent yet in Hong Kong? I think it's slightly better. It is actually quite difficult. Um, when I was sourcing sustainable um, uh, clothing for like a clothing line. There's a few companies who have just in startup. Seedon is one. They're in startup mode. They're doing sustainable um, clothing, but things like packaging, yeah, it's actually quite difficult. You know, in a lot of places, they've got that sort of, you know, plastic that dis dissolves in water, um, or they've got these biodegradable, you know, six pack rings. I think that we're a little bit behind in sort of al really alternative, cool packaging that's readily accessible and not doesn't cost a fortune. Um, I agree. I think the price is not there yet. So it's hard for a lot of brands who are doing smaller quantities to be able to afford the sustainable options out there. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm hoping that that's a trend that's going to start changing. Um, but yeah, at the moment, it, the sustainable option is, is it's very expensive. <laughs> 
I agree. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. obviously, like you say, we can make small decisions here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, we're waiting for those more feasible options to come out so more companies can hop on board with that. Absolutely. Awesome. So I know I've actually stalked you on your LinkedIn. <laughs> um, so, so I know that you're actually a long term entrepreneur and you've done many things prior to what you're doing now. Can you tell us more about your background, businesses you've done before? What drove your motivation over the years to, to run your own businesses and, and be such an entrepreneur? Oh, I would say um, <laughs> maybe misguidedness. No. <laughs> Uh, no, we've. I think I've been. I've been lucky to have been inspired by you know the company that we worked with before. And I wouldn't say necessarily I'm the entrepreneur, but I work with a lot of entrepreneurial spirited people who have given me the opportunity to join up with them to do different projects. Um, you know, whether it be solar uh, solar installations uh, and manufacturing in Malaysia, uh, the brewery itself here in Hong Kong, and now the brands. Uh, I don't get the credit. It's I have a, a wonderful network of people who who are willing to collaborate with me, um, and 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 I'm I'm really grateful uh, for that trust in for those projects. That's amazing. I think that's uh, what I love about Hong Kong is is there's such a great entrepreneurial support structure um, and people that live here. So it's always so great to be able to collaborate and grow and learn from each other, especially here in Hong Kong. Absolutely. Great. So um, talk us through, um, again, some of your starting points. As you said, you started this business during COVID. Mm -hmm. What is the main key learning? How can you advise anyone else wanting to start a business now in such a difficult market? What are the first things they should consider, um, plan for, and, um, you know, think about before they start a business during this crazy time? Well, I mean, I would always say, you know, make a business plan, put a spreadsheet together and be really clear about what it is you're doing, but also don't be afraid to pivot. You know, if, if, if your business plan revolves around selling beer to bars and bars all shut down tomorrow, um, you know, every closed door is an opportunity somewhere else. And, and if you maybe approach it that way, like, Oh, this is an opportunity for me to think about doing something differently it can be exciting. And I think sometimes your best work comes out of these uncomfortable situations. Um, but it's that, I think that, that taking that step back and going, Oh no, no, this isn't a disaster. This is an opportunity. Oh, that's such good advice. I agree. I think sometimes uh, disasters are great opportunities and inspiration in disguise because it's guiding you in a different route that um, will hopefully benefit you at the end of the day. <laughs> I love that phrase disasters, inspiration in disguise. <laughs> awesome well i hope this podcast is inspirational i'm sure it will be i'm gonna put that on the t-shirt i'll go for it so what is the story behind the t-shirts and the beers and can you tell us more about the the merch and the expansion of where you see uh your current business going and and how you want to grow it definitely i think you know we obviously we have our line of beverages we also most, you know, most of these beverage companies have a small merch line, but we also want that to be something that stands alone. Um, and we'd like to first and foremost collaborate with people who are already in the space and maybe work on, um, you know, yeah, fun collaborations with people who are already doing some of these really interesting things so that perhaps we can bring awareness to these cool companies that have these really cool products um, and also leverage them so that we're not, you know, designing a throwaway 
one of my least favorite things is, you know, when you get these gift bags or something and they're full of things wrapped in plastic and things that you'll never use. And it's just a big bag of things that end up in the trash. Um, so what we'd like to do is, is, is have a line of things that's sustainable, that you actually want to own, that you would buy whether or not you drink our beers and that you would buy whether or not you drink our seltzers. And um, yeah, and have a standalone merchandise line. But also the next other thing we'd like to grow our business into is, is events, um, especially sponsoring outdoor events and, um, you know, cool festivals or cool um, activities where then afterwards we all get together and have a beer and go, that was really fun. We should do that again. Well, that'd be amazing. I think once restrictions are, are lifted, that would be Ooh. such a fabulous idea. <laughs> we're, we're in a holding pattern. We cannot wait until we can get together again. <laughs> so what would be one of the first types of events you'd love to collab with? Well, we've been working on um, a collaboration with Cyclone Scuba with the Tanks and Tents. And it's an overnight camping trip where you also do five scuba dives. So we're, we're looking forward to launching that. We're looking forward to beer dashes and um, scavenger hunts and, um, and yeah, hopefully all sorts of just fun pop-up um, events where we can see each other face to face again. I miss people. I know me too. <laughs> I was, I was social distancing this last weekend, but by Sunday, I really just missed company and talking to people. <laughs> yeah. I'm, like, I'm ready for that again. Exactly. I'm sure we'll get there. I know that we're able to apply for the vaccines now and stuff. So that's good. Absolutely. I got mine today, actually. <gasps> no way. Did it hurt? No, it's, I feel great. Um, piece of cake, no line. Um, uh, amazing. Yeah. Where did you go? Uh, Sun Yet Sun Memorial Park. Oh, okay. And which one did you get? Or I you don't want to? I got the bio and back. Okay. I'm, I'm going for that one too next week, Friday. So. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, super easy. Can't work. Okay, good to know. <laughs> awesome. So um, I know previously, and obviously you're, you're working with a lot of collabs um, mm -hmm. for outdoor activities, and you mentioned that you're trying to support and involve the local Hong Kong community through mm -hmm. your efforts. Yep. Can you share more about what that vision and, and future plans look like and how you're going to collaborate more with local community and support um, the efforts that you believe in? Yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, part of it is through the 1% and working with charities that are already based here in Hong Kong. That was a standard that, you know, that we had is that we wanted to support um, organizations that were based here and doing things here already. Um, we've got some beach cleanups that we want to start um, working again when we can kind of gather in bigger groups. And not to say that we want to lead our own, but we want to support people who are already doing the hard work. And, and show them that we're, you know, committed to the same causes that they're committed to. And we think that they're doing amazing things. And we want to support them and reward them. You know, as an alcohol company, uh, one of the things we can offer is, you know, like after a beach cleanup, let's do some beers on the beach as a reward to everybody for, you know, being involved. Um, and yeah. Hmm. I think you'd definitely be able to get a lot of people involved if you're giving out free beers. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great strategy. <laughs> Good motivation. <laughs> awesome. So my last question then mm -hmm. would be, what is your top advice you have for other female entrepreneurs trying to build their dreams? Um, advice that you wish you had when you started? Oh, I think, um, and it'll sound... It'll sound odd at first, but leverage your friends and ask for help. I think sometimes, 
you know, uh, and it's not just for females, but this idea of being self-made or that we, you know, you have something that you have to do it yourself. I think this is a myth. I think that you need to surround yourself with people who will give you honest advice, who are willing and also want to help you. I think people are rooting, you know, people root for each other. They actually want to see you succeed. And for me, it was really surprising to just look in my very close friendship circle and see all of the talent that I had at my fingertips from, you know, our marketing help to digital, you know, photography and content and people who were really critical, you know, looked at our stuff and said, mm, like, what are you thinking here? This is, this does not work. Um, so I, th I think that rarely in, in the business environment do people go, you should go ask for help. But I think, I think that's, it's valuable. Go ask for help because people want to give you help. Um, and, and you don't have to do everything yourself. You don't have to be the person who does everything and solves everything. Um, you just have to know someone who can help you get there. That is such great advice. I couldn't agree more. I think often we feel lost and we, we don't share and speak to other people. But as soon as we do, we're like, oh, that was actually just so easy. I should have just gone and asked. Yeah, I don't know if it's sometimes a pride or an ego thing or. <laughs> yeah, I feel, yeah, like you feel like you, oh, I have to do it myself. Otherwise, it somehow diminishes the achievement. But I don't think, I don't think that's true. I think that it just, it gives you more people to, to share that success with. Yeah, I agree. I think um, that's a big lesson we can all learn because I think we all often forget that our own resources and our own network and community that we have foster so many skills and talents and we can just reach out. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so that's such good advice. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you so much, Lee, for joining me on the show. And apologies for all the noise, guys. I had to record at work at the Hive Studios. I'm in a little phone booth recording, which is great, um, but I do apologize for the noise. We have like a really old elevator here, so whenever people slam that door, it was pretty loud. I will link Lee's details in the podcast. Um, please do follow her. I love her efforts. I love that she's driving this amazing business and helping local sustainability and trying to be conscious at the same time. Um, so very excited for what she's doing. Please go and support them. And if you are out and about in the areas where they stock offline, please do ask and try out her beers and let us know what you think if you are a beer drinker. I for sure will be trying out um, one of the beers um, if I do feel like a non-whiskey, non-wine evening. Thanks again for listening. Hope you were as inspired as I, as I was with the great advice she shared.